RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. All right, Thursday morning, and that is Perigo's Perspective Morning, and I get to say this name, which I think is just um, such a charming name, Jonathan Philip Chadwick Sumption, Lord Sumption, Lindsay. Yes, I'm going to do that too. I'm not going to let you steal. It's such a beautiful opportunity to just savour that name. One of the top legal minds of the United Kingdom. Very much so. And on the Supreme Court between 2012 and 18, the reason we're talking about him, of course, is that he's here in the country at the moment Mm. and is displaying that fantastic legal mind. And I think just reminding us of the quality of judicial thinking that emanates or emanated from the mother country. Yeah, emanated. That's right, Mm -hmm. because one of the things I thought as I was watching him in some of the clips, I haven't watched the full interview, I've watched the clips, was that, boy, we can't access these brains anymore because we bailed out of that Privy Council. Now, that might be a bit of a side issue, but that was one of the arguments at the time that we were cutting ourselves off from really big, deep thinkers. And I think that might have been correct. Yes, I think our thinking, by contrast, is parochial and prosaic and not big picture the way theirs is. They see everything civilizationally and in terms of everything that preceded it, uh, precedent and what is consistent with our basic constitutional principles, especially those principles defining our freedom. Uh, Our judiciary, I'm afraid, well, frankly, these days they're woke. And and they're too close to the political establishment, it's clear. Yes. Yeah. Though I looked at some of the comments, I was curious to see what some of the Kiwis were saying, um, particularly in the TV1X post of the clips from that interview, Q&A, Jack Tame with uh, Lord Assumption. And, you know, you know, Kiwis, they're not very deep. A lot of them are saying, well, he's an old duffer. He might have a nice old English accent. <laughs> but what does he know about epidemiology and virology and all that sort of stuff. Same old tired lines, but they were all there. You know, um, you you could be, you know, second coming of Jesus and they'd have a problem with it, you know. (laughs) Well, I found it interesting that they opened up for comments. They normally don't. Okay. And News Hub don't at all. I also found it interesting, and and I'll say no more at this point, Mm. that the nature of some of those comments toward the interviewer was unpredictably positive. Well, I shouldn't say unpredictably because, well, again, I won't say any more. All will become clear, I think, in my text. Yeah, um, because I remember after River of Freedom, a few people who had said nasty things said unpredictably uh, positive comments about that movie. And it was like, you know, um, people were so pleased that that person had said that that they kind of fawned over them, which was not very dignified, I didn't think. So, you know, what I'm saying is, again, it's Kiwis are so easily placated. Well, as the Israeli national anthem says, we have not lost hope. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into it. Lindsay, it's all yours. Go. Quoting Wikipedia, Jonathan Philip Chadwick Sumption, Lord Sumption, 
OBE, PC, FSA, FR HIST S, born 9 December 1948, is a British author, medieval historian, and former senior judge who sat on the Supreme Court of the United Kingdom between 2012 and 2018. Sumption has been highly critical of the British government's lockdowns during the COVID-19 pandemic on civil libertarian grounds, seeing them as a slippery slope, while also criticising the legal basis for their enactment and the enforceability of COVID-19 control measures. He has also questioned whether the virus is serious enough to justify restrictive measures, while also arguing that the effects of lockdowns may be worse than the effects of the actual virus, attracting controversy and debate in British media outlets. Not quoting Wikipedia now, his lordship, as we've discussed, is in New Zealand at the moment on a speaking tour organised by the Free Speech Union. The union sent out a link the other day to an interview with him on Q&A on Sunday morning. I hesitated to click on it in light of IAAM syndrome, which, if the election were anything to go by, afflicts mainstream interviewers. IAAM. I am. It's all about me. I-A-A-M. Whereby the purported interviewers make it all about themselves, constantly interrupting, talking over, strutting and preening and playing gotcha, especially if the interviewee is non or anti-woke. That's not interviewing. It's not legitimate devil's advocacy. It's gratuitous, narcissistic badgering. I feared that the Lord Sumption interview would be like that, and that I should have to repair to extra blood pressure medication. I clicked on the link anyway. To my astonishment, the Jack the Jerk of the Winston Peters interview had given way to a <clears throat> tamer, much more professional Jack. He asked questions. He didn't make woke speeches. He not only allowed answers, he listened to them and followed through. Chomping at the bit, as he must have been, to parrot the government Wuhan propaganda that mainstream media churned out throughout the pandemic like Pravda on steroids, he restrained himself. He probed firmly but politely. They discussed lockdowns, mandates didn't come up. They discussed the status of free speech in the era of social media lynchings. Here's how the interview ended. Speaking in 2023, is the role and influence of liberal democracies in the world waning or growing in influence, do you think? I very much fear that it is waning. And I think that's going to be the pattern for quite a number of years to come. Uh, this is, there are a number of factors, but the main one is a growing intolerance of, of dissent, a growing intolerance of opinions that the speaker or actor doesn't share, 
Uh, I think that the social media uh, have played a large part in this by uh, accentuating dissent, by uh, associating people with those who already agree with their point of view, and by producing instant outrage uh, of a kind that once took a much longer period of time to arise. And, and I think that these are wholly negative factors. Uh, I don't see that they're going to go away very quickly. Uh, so I rather fear that we are in for a period of growing uh, authoritarianism uh, and growing what we loosely called bullying mm. by one sector of our fellow citizens against another. Uh, I think that's a really sinister development, but that is what we are looking at at the moment. Are there things that our, our leaders, our governments and our society should be doing to reduce the impact of social media? on those factors? I don't think you can reduce the impact of social media without engaging in precisely the same kind of censorship, which I deplore uh, when it comes from other directions. What we do need to do is to just get a bit more savvy uh, about how social media works and a bit more sceptical about the appearance of unanimous abuse, uh, which it tends to generate. Right. Jonathan Sumption, it is great to have you in New Zealand. Enjoy your time here. Thank you very much for being Thank with you. us on Q&A. So I put the extra pills back in their bottle and applauded. I hope Jack doesn't get cancelled for wishing Lord Sumption a pleasant stay. Cancelled, that is, by woke fascists who believe his lordship shouldn't have been in the country to begin with, let alone interviewed. The Free Speech Union had also sent out some other good news to its members, quoting now, Several weeks ago, Stephen Franks contacted you about the Momo St. John case, a medical practitioner who was being threatened by a stuffed journalist over tweets on their anonymous Twitter account. Thousands of Kiwis joined us in calling out this witch hunt and stuff backed off. And then we turned our sights on Tefatu Ora, the Ministry of Health, for the abysmal treatment of their employee. They initiated an employment inquiry over the fact that this medical practitioner had an anonymous account and dared express opinions they found distasteful, shocking stuff like men playing women's sports might be unfair. Still quoting, I'm pleased to announce that after taking this to the chief people officer, <laughs> chief people officer, Andrew Slater, and calling out the nonsense claim that a medical health practitioner can't perform their role professionally because of their tweets, we got this reply. In terms of your specific question in respect of what employment actions have been taken in respect of our members, we can confirm that no action was taken. With this in mind, we regard the matter closed. Still quoting, chalk up a second win for the good guys. Doctors shouldn't have to self-censor in order to keep their employment. With your help, we stared down those who were calling out Momo for wrong think, and we stared down Tefatu order for good measure too. Unquote. More applause. Well done, Free Speech Union. Tomorrow we get to hear the final count in the election and should soon 
find out what inroads, if any, Winston can make into the Uni Party and its totalitarian inclinations. Regardless, I fear Lord Sumption's misgivings will prove correct globally. When the streets of London reverberate to Allahu Akbar in support of Hamas savages, and other savages outside the Sydney Opera House call for the gassing of Jews, we're probably past the point of no return. Most politicians don't give a damn. They are unprincipled power lusters, indifferent or actively hostile to free speech. We should probably enjoy this politician joke from Ronald Reagan, one of the exceptions, while we still can. An evangelical minister and a politician arrived at Heaven's Gate one day together. And St. Peter, after doing all the necessary formalities, took them in hand to show them where their quarters would be. And he took them to a small single room with a bed, a chair, and a table, and said this was for the clergyman. And the politician was a little worried about what might be in store for him. And he couldn't believe it then when St. Peter stopped in front of a beautiful mansion with lovely grounds, many servants, and told him that these would be his quarters. And he couldn't help but ask. He said, but wait, how, there's something wrong. How do I get this mansion while that good and holy man only gets a single room? And St. Peter said, you have to understand how things are up here. We got thousands and thousands of clergy. You're the first politician who ever made it. And so to our musical closing, the Israeli National Anthem, performed by members of the Israeli Defense Force. Still holding out hope, fighting for their lives, and for Western civilization, while Western politicians betray it. CR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.